Hello and welcome to episode 270 of Three Bears in a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with... Colin McKay. Hello. Hello, Colin. We could be the future Prime Ministers of this country based on how things are going right now. My cat or your dog be the fucking future Prime Minister <laughs> of this country the way things are going just now. It is literally, you know, like walking to a job centre and potentially they'll, they'll recruit me right here and put you in Downing Street. It's getting to the point where we all might, get up, might, might all get a go at this for a couple of weeks. It's insane. What's it, seven, seven weeks? She's been 49 days, that's 45 days, I think it was. Like I said, I get more I get stuff in my freezer that's been in the freezer longer than 40. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's absolutely nuts, isn't it? It's Britain's going to pot, isn't it? It's going to pot. It's going to pot. The good thing is, we've never had any money in the past, so the fact that people are losing money means we're. Doesn't really matter to us. Doesn't but, matter to us. Aye, to, to us, sales have always said that the ground level it's, it never affects you. Do you know what I mean the way it does the, the money makers and stuff like that? Aye, so, aye, we, 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 we're poor before this happened, we'll be poor after it happens. Aye, yeah, uh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You away. can't take nothing away for nothing, so exactly. do, your worst. do your fucking worst. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking tonight, Colsey? Oh, excited I'm excited about, I'm excited about this. I visited, um, I was at the cinema today and. Um, Afterwards, I visited the fancy beer shop in the city centre. The one next um, door to it with the wee beer company or something. Yeah, called? yeah, what? and I've never yeah, had okay. it. I've never seen this before. I found a beer. Um, it's a New Zealand beer. Oh, nice. Oh, from the the New Zealand Brewing Company, and it's called uh, Manuka Lager, and it's a lager that's brewed with honey as well. Oh, nice. Um, I've, but it's more the fact that I've never tried a New Zealand beer. Um, well, anything, but if you were to bring a New Zealand beer over here, I think of the, the logistics of getting here, it would take, you know, a month to get here because New Zealand is like. We'd have, we have another two prime ministers. Exactly. Here, that, yeah. that was brewed when, like, <laughs> Johnson was still in power. You know? <laughs> yeah, so. Can't, so can't I'm, I'm really excited about this. It's like yeah. a, a kiwi beer. Mate. I don't even can even tell you the name of a kiwi beer. Americans. No, I'm at a loss as well. I know Australian yeah. beers, but yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Australian yeah. beers are sort of is a, definitely a new thing to me. But you imagine it'd be good because like the nice crisp, clear water and all that kind of stuff. And the nice, it, not nice. It's nice. It's just a lager, yeah, and it tastes quite kind of light. And there is a sweet. It's not like sickly sweet, but there is like a wee kind of gentle sweetness in there as well. So. um yeah, Manuka Lager by um, the New Zealand Brewing Company. It's, New Zealand Brewing Company? I will. Is a winner, and it was only three quid as well. Um, is that why you bought it more than anything else? No, well, I did, I did have um, a wee bit of spare money to play with, but there's stuff in there, it's like, you know, 14, 15 quid a can, um, you know, so. It's like, it feels like it's very wankerish, isn't it? You go like, who oh, the hell yeah. is buying that? You know, who's yeah. spending that kind of money on one beer? No matter I mean, how nice it tastes, yeah. it's not really worth yeah. that money. It's a status thing, isn't it? It's, it's definitely a look at me. It's, it's not, you know, because it's a particularly good beer. It's, it's the most expensive one that I can show off with. Yeah, that's sure that, yeah. But um, Even £3 for a can of beer, when you when you can go to Asda and buy a pack of four. One fifty. You know. Well, well, I can if you want to buy one can, you buy like five for like a five yeah, or something, can't you, essentially? Yeah. So even £3 is, I don't know, it's, it's kind of small change. But in terms of a can of beer, even that's quite kind of... For me, right, like if, if you bought like five and you'd be 15 quid for five beers, and you go, that's yeah. not, it's too much. Yeah, absolutely. Then you get a case of beer, a case of course for 15 quid. I mean, exactly, Tesco exactly. Or awesome. Yeah, um, so it's, it's a crazy, crazy thing. So, yeah, New Zealand, New Zealand beer. Yeah, well done. Yeah, you're definitely you've definitely been very adventurous of late. It's been a new calling. I've been, I've been, I know, because for a while there, I was very kind of very beige. So, you're very trying, beige. You're, you're trying, drinking pools and fucking yeah. Bud Light for a while there. Yeah, yeah. What are you drinking? I've got one from the opposite end of the world, from uh, Motherwell, I believe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Just in the road. <laughs> the Broughton Brewery. 
All right, yeah, I've heard of them before, yeah, what is just, it? I'm assuming it's Mario Kart, it's ML2, it's just called Hoppo, it's got a wee hippopotamus on it. Oh, I, f- I like that a lot. Nice, isn't it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but they, they do that, and there's another one, they do another Hoppo one as well, I think, one's oh. stronger and one's weaker. Um, yeah, this is only 4%, this must be the weak one. Yeah, the other one's like 6 point something, mm. so good choice, there. it's a crying beer, I like that a lot. So you get, and speaking of cost, you get that in Tesco for like one twenty-five a bottle or something. Exactly. Actually, yeah. You've made yeah. me. You've actually fucking made me want your beer when I'm sitting here with a fancy New Zealand <laughs> fucking beer. Yeah, the problem with it is four percent. You can quite happy. I think about a great summer day beer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to maybe next year because I know Springsteen's coming to town. We get friends coming up to to go and see him, but sitting in the garden before it, drinking Broughton. I think that might be our. Getting a few of them. Yeah. Plan. Yeah. That might be our plan. Um, but no, that that's a really nice beer. That one, and it tastes nice as well. It's it's not it's not a heavy taste at all. You could drink. No, they done it on tap at the Raven at one point, didn't they? Remember we used to do oh, the Raven. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah, uh, our friend, remember we challenged Chris Gilway to ask for a hip hop pomus beer. Yes, yeah, that's what it was. Yes, he went and done it. Yeah, so. So Hoppo from Broughton, very or Broughton, sorry, very nice beer. Well um, done. Cool. Let's move on to what we've been watching. So we'll start with. I'm going to start with this one because um, I'm, I'm interested in what you think of it. Because I've got a sense that you're going to be very different from me. Um, and that was the She-Hulk finale. So the She-Hulk's um, finished up this week or last week. And they get a chance to talk about it. So overall, I really enjoyed the series, and mm-hmm. I yeah. absolutely loved the finale. I thought the finale was absolutely brilliant. I liked all. I liked how meta it went. I loved how it really embraced that idea of the comic book of like the comic, like She-Hulk talking to the writer. And like sort of being pissy with him about the story, and it does it does that in the comics. Yeah. Um. So I I thought it was fantastic. I thought it, it played with the what you think, and it meshed you around, and it you know it it just it owned what it was, and it was something uniquely different from Marvel when Marvel like we talked about recently has been very beige in terms of what it's doing. It's not taking yeah. any risks. This yeah. felt a risk, and I dug it, but it also brought a few things in that were I think there's a couple of things mentioned in it. That sort of have a wider reaching, you know, um, accord. You know, they talk about the fact the, the Sokovia Accords are now not law, which is a big yeah. thing, which is, yeah. you know, for Marvel fans. So, um, so I had she out the series, loved it. She out the she out the finale, adored it as well. I thought it was fantastic. What did you think, Colin? Um, right, it's, it's a kind of weird one. So when I first I watched it last Friday when when, when it came out last last Thursday when it came out, mm. and I, I absolutely despised it. Okay, I, it made me quite angry and squirmy in my chair. I was like, okay. I'm fucking not liking this at all. Um, I then re-watched it on Sunday night with Caleb, because I uh-huh. watch it with him every weekend as well. Held up slightly better, but I still wasn't a fan at all. I just don't, I, I didn't like it. I thought it was just too in your face, too on the nose, too kind of known, too smug with itself, and it but that's it's based that's not on that run of comics, and that's kind of what it that's that because I've never point. read that that run of comics, but it, it seems like yeah, it'd be something suited to comics, but I just don't think it should have been brought over to to screen. I don't think okay. it worked. Yeah, it didn't didn't do it for me. Yeah, Doug, I thought it was really I thought it was really well done. I thought it was really funny. Some of the stuff they did as well. It's like you know the even quite knowing of Marvel, and it's like some of our animators are on a different job now and then it's like the Black Panther yeah. theme plays so they have to like have a turn away when she, when she does a change yeah it's quite yeah. funny I just I thought it was just some really I thought it was really smart really clever oh, uh, no, I, I totally get what, what they were doing but I just no it was just too much I think I mean it was too breaking the fourth wall and I, I've never read that particular comic run so um okay. it, it probably has a direct lift from it and I think it would have worked a lot better, but no it, it just grated me I was the, the, the very first few and I was actually getting like 
to the point where I might actually stop this. And oh, no way. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but I think, series overall, what do you think of it? Series overall, I, I enjoy it. It's been getting a lot of bad press, which I think is a shame. I don't know what I think people the thing, I think people give the bad press are the ones you expect to get bad press, and I think they knew you were going to get bad press from those people. Yeah, yeah. I enjoy yeah. I thought it was fun. Um, and I needed that, something just a bit different, a bit more fun. Um, I kind of never, still not, came to terms with the CGI. That, that was the one kind of detractor, I would say, for me. But it definitely just throughout it, yeah. It definitely again, was. Again, it's a TV show, it's not a movie. And if they ever put it into the movies, they'll fix it. Do you know what I mean? It'll, yeah. look, it'll look better. Um, so I do get it. They're, they're kind of limited to budget and stuff like that on a TV show. Um, but I would but, say I, I enjoyed it despite the bad. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, didn't ruin it, um, you know, and you kind of got used to it, I guess. Um, I think Tim, Tim Roth was a standout in it. Um, it was really nice to see. Um, just taking that character and just flipping it on his head and yeah. having a lot of fun with that was nice and, and Daredevil turning up as well was, was I like Daredevil turning up in it as well nice. I, I like the Daredevil I, I don't I don't like the, the, the she helped Daredevil having sex things I'm not I'm not for it they're both lawyers they have a lot in common it makes, I know but I, they were very kind of blase about it you know like you know yeah they're having sex and I'm like oh I'm not a prude do you know what I mean I'm just it's Marvel. I don't. I don't need to. I don't need to hear it. Do you know what I mean? Need more sex in Marvel. That's what we need. Makes it more we interesting. Need more sex. There's not. There's not much sex in Marvel at all. No. The, the one scene in the Eternals. That's about it. And one girl rolling out of Tony Stark's bed. That, that's essentially it. Yeah. And you know, fine and well, that Force a party boy. He's fucking everything. So yeah. He's, oh. he's. He's. You know. He's. he's and based on how this ends, so is Hulk. Well, yeah, yeah, it dropped, dropped a wee bomb at the end there with a yeah. very strange-looking character. Um, yeah. I, I don't know much about that. I know of the character, but I don't know any kind of... I've only read one, one of them in the in yeah. the comics, so I'm not entirely up on him, but I know what he does. So I mean, it seems like they're lining up something of a, a storyline that's well-beloved by Hulk fans. Um, how much that will be a standalone Hulk thing, or if it's going to be something that's tied into maybe maybe Secret Wars and you know, that kind mm. of stuff. But it definitely seems intriguing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, what's what's next for the Marvel TV shows? Is it Secret Wars next, or is it a Secret Wars and then Wars? Gap and then it's Black Panther? Black Panther. They're doing a Black Panther show as well. No, I mean Black Panther like movies. Oh, I think the Secret movie Wars yeah. comes out soon, and then you've got um, no, not Secret Wars, Secret Invasion. Yeah, and then Ironheart is coming out as well. Isn't I think that's it? not until next year. Is that next year? Doing that? Cool. Yeah. Same with um, I think you're talking of the Daredevil, the Born Again. You've got Echo as well coming out. So you've got quite a few things coming out, but a wee bit down the line, I think. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. So I enjoyed She-Hulk. I, I enjoyed it as well. I just didn't feel the love for that final. But I think from what I've been kind of hearing from my fellow geeks I've been speaking to, I seem to be the minority. So you are. Maybe, maybe it's me. Um, but overall, is an overall like, kind of nine-episode story arc, very enjoyable. Yeah. Enjoyable. Um, on from that, the other thing that finished this week is Lord of the Rings power of the ring uh lord of the rings is it something of the ring yeah the rings of power don't i just put down por i'm going it can't be por so it's rings of power <laughs> um again i thought it was a really strong finish i, I enjoyed yeah. it yeah i thought it, there was times in the series as a whole there was some moments where the storytelling was a little bit odd in terms of like they spend too much time with one thing and not enough time with another 
set of yeah. stories. Um, but for the most part, I thought the series was really well, really well, like sort of held out. You know, over over the eight or nine episodes. Yeah. Um, maybe probably Numenor slightly too long, I would say. Um, but everything was great and enjoyed the reveals in this last episode as well. I like what it's setting up. Um, I do like the fact that now that Mithril is essentially the same as Metachlorines in the Lord yeah, of pr- like, yeah, the Rings. Yeah, really, It was mentioned in the, obviously in the story. In, in the films, it was, like, it was hard and it was light and it saves your life in a fight. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it wasn't mystical as such. Yeah. yeah. It did and now it became like a mystical being, the mystical sort of ore and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's a mystical. Did you suspect? I'm I'm going to go spoilers because I'm going to say yeah. anyone that's going to be listening if they haven't watched this, then it's because they're not fans and they're not going to. Jump. Mm. You, you've seen it, you've just seen it. Um, did Did you know that he was Sauron? Did you have your suspicions? I had suspicions. I think mm. that the um the big lad who we all thought was going to be him at one point that felt too obvious. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's too definitely. much. Then again, I thought maybe is he is he like hiding in plain sight? I think it's like it's it's so obvious that maybe eventually that will be it. You know, same with like everyone sort of twigged in like in um, Wanda that Agatha's got something to do with it. You know yeah. that kind of thing. You feel like it's, yeah. she's hiding in plain sight. Maybe that's something to do with it. But and especially at this very start of the episode, when they call him that, I was like, well, no, it can't be him. They're not going to end their final episode of the season by like revealing that in the first minute. That would yeah. it be something they wouldn't reveal yeah. to the end. Yeah. Um, and are we assuming then that the big lad is Gandalf? I, th- I think. I've gone to see, yeah, because the, the line where it says, but you know, always follow your nose. Yeah, that's that's, that's Gandalf that's says. People are saying that's obvious, but I think the more obvious one for me is just to be, see the bit at the end where, where's, where, it, where it goes, hmm, and she goes, hmm, that's a uh-huh. Gandalf thing. That's exactly what he does. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Was, it's that. So it's, yeah. it is very Gandalf, yeah, yeah. There was that, there was the, the follow your nose line that yep. says that and also was a bit really the, the kind of fireflies who sort of toying with them at one point yeah was quite gandalfian as well yeah i so, think it's got to be um well, I, I think the idea is that sauron and gandalf have been on earth because they're basically angels essentially that's the kind of idea isn't it they're sort of like they're sort of heavenly creatures who've been like brought down to middle earth essentially no i think i think what's lost lose people with us is um gandalf doesn't show up for another i think it's thousand years oh but, that's there's the bit in when it when he gets taken down by Balrog, uh-huh. then he comes back as Gandalf the White. I uh-huh. think in the films they ask where did you go, and he's like, oh, I, I, I can't say or I don't know. And I think mm. people are alluding to at that point in the movies he's taken back to here. Now, down back to this point. Yeah, so and that that's, that that explains why Gandalf's kicking about a thousand years before Gandalf was a. Should have been, do you know what I mean? Ah, okay, interesting. Think, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so I think that's think... involved this as well, basically. There's magic in it. They magic, yeah, I suppose, do yeah. what they want, yeah, yeah. Um, the, 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 the Balrog bit from a couple of weeks ago, do you think that's going to be a feature? Or do you think that was just acknowledging that there's a Balrog in that world? Well, they've, they've got to acknowledge, it's not just in the world. I think it's going to have that bigger, obviously, the sense of that is based on what you've seen, you know, in fellowship is the Balrog is obviously still there and it's still yeah. hot and deep so yeah. there must be something to do with that there um, yeah. I, I dug it I thought it was, I really enjoyed the series I thought it, it captured the tone of the films it felt like it was in a world I, I really liked yeah. Um, yeah I thought Morvid Clark as um Galadriel Galadriel was phenomenal I thought she was basically basically a standout character and standout performance in it as well I thought she was brilliant in it I wasn't that keen on her I thought at times she was a bit unlikable the one that really got me was the boy that was playing Elrond 
Yeah, he was good. He was he, good. At first I wasn't, because he's got a kind of square face. He's almost like a kind of David Hyde Pierce face to him. Yeah. And at first I was like, quite jarring but then when you settle into him and his nuances as an actor and stuff like that, I really kind of started following for him in a big way I'm like he's yeah, yeah he's, he's kind of good character I'm liking him a lot um, I was enjoying him I do think that the pacing was a bit off um, I think they probably needed a wee bit more action just kind of like, not a lot just a wee bit do you know what I mean um, it did take a few episodes to kind of build a bit of steam Yeah. Um, but overall I mean they have taken the time to craft a fucking lavish world and, yeah. and I think this one they didn't get the rights to Tolkien's material they got the rights to think is this the the was it the similar no not even the similar no, like, rights to Lord of the Rings but it's only really appendices don't have any rights yeah so so they've taken like you know like a very limited story and sort of really yeah, expand on it yeah which which they've done well with and they're getting a lot of shit for the dialogue and stuff like that and I'm like it's it's a fucking fantasy fiction. It's that's what you expect for that. I mean, if you're going to expect in different dialogue, then you kind of you, you need to understand the material. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. For what you're going to get. It's Is it maybe because it's not. We'll get to. You'll probably talk about it in a minute, but it's because it's not the same, like sort of swearing and blinding and fucking and effing that sort of Game of Thrones are. People have now kind of acclimatized to sort of like to that in Game of Thrones, and now and they want that in this. Possibly, yeah. I think I think that's it. I think there is people that watch Game of Thrones. I would say a lot of them aren't people that embrace fantasy, fantasy and fiction yeah. the way we do, like kind of yeah. David Gemmo and and stuff like that. Um, sort of kind of stumbled across Game of Thrones, which is almost like a kind of pop culture version of it. Yeah, because it's just um, it's just and boobs, really, isn't it? That sort of yeah. Thing. And yeah. then they're exposed to something like this, which was you know written back in you know the kind of 50s 40s 50s yeah. um different time with kind of different language and different you know kind of it's, it's, much, it's, much, it's much deeper lore i would say yeah, lore, than yeah. the game of thrones has and and yeah you're right they're, they're no getting boobs they're no getting you know decapitations and blood spots every five minutes uh-huh. and i think that's probably an issue with a lot of people whereas mm-hmm. for people like me and you who have actually kind of read a lot of fantasy fiction and stuff like that that that's how you would expect the dialogue to yeah. you'd, you'd be disappointed if, if it wasn't maybe yeah i don't so, want him talking in modern speak i don't want him talking i want him talking like this this is what i watch yeah. it for yeah that you know that's any i mean i, I read a lot of terry brooks and stuff like that and see david gamble things like that and that's the dialogue i see written on the page mm-hmm. so that's what i'm accustomed to and you know game of thrones is like a modern day pretender which is good it's, yeah. i mean it's things have got to evolve as well but yeah you can't just jump into a genre and get pissed off because it's not the same as the one thing you've got a way into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. I, I dug it. I thought it was really well done. I'm looking forward to season two. As am I, so as am I. Yeah. Um, I'm still pissed off at Lorraine dropping out before the big fucking battle episode. I'm like, yeah. are you? <laughs> so kind of convinced that it come back in again. But... Yeah. Before we talk about it. your people hurting themselves, I'm going to mention our show I've been watching, and that is um, the Wrexham show that's on. Mm. Uh, plus, it's um, Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds buying over Wrexham Football Club and sort of shows their woes and tribulations and successes throughout that um, like 12 months. Um, and we say, really enjoyable show, even if, even if you're not a football fan, I think you get a lot from it, from, from what you've seen. So McElhenney's a sports fan, so he sort of gets the passion very early on. Ryan Reynolds is not so much, but he seems he gets really gets wrapped up in it. Um, you get to also see their friendship sort of becoming a thing because like they sort of only knew each other via like essentially through Skype on like the lockdown. So you actually get to see their like sort of real proper friendship form, um, which is quite lovely. And you get to kind of understand like people within the town and what this club means to the town and 
and all that kind of stuff. So it's a, it was a really well done and yet a wee bit of history of like Wales and what you know the sense of like where they've kind of been left behind, much like Scotland in many ways, you yeah. know. The governments yeah. of the past have really fucked us over and we're still kind of struggling to get out of that. So you get that idea as well and, um, and they give a bit of history about you know, football in general. So I really enjoyed it. Um, it's just it, they're all about half hour, maybe 25 minutes and a half hour each. And they all work really well. And it's always is, a it, good... is it finished now? All done for the season. That, that, yeah. Are they going to do more? To go? I suppose they'll follow I, them because that, that's the I thing. It's an ongoing story, isn't it? Now, yeah, it's, they still own the club. They haven't removed all on it. They still own it. They're still heavily invested in it. They still want to do stuff. But um, it's just it's just really funny, like having you know, like um, Ryan Reynolds discussing Halifax Town, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know? or using the words Dagenham and Redbridge United or something. You go, this thing makes sense, you know, <laughs> you know. Um, I can imagine, yeah. yeah. Like, I've so, heard I've heard a few people, um uh Fairland work that sits across from me, he he tells me to watch it as well, the same yeah. as you do, and he seems to have the same kind of passion that, that you do for it. Says, you know, it's just a wonderful show and it's funny and doing moving as well. And I've heard the exact same things from other people. Yeah. Um about it. So it, something that I probably I'm not adverse to watching it, it's just what else? Would I watch instead of that? Is, ah, that's is it. That's it. Think you've got a wee bit of, you like Ryan Reynolds, so that's one thing, but I don't think yeah. you're obviously not the biggest sports fan. Well, so yeah. that, you, grab yeah. against, you will get bored, but it gets to the point where it's like just they're talking to players and, you know, football players for the most part are the dullest motherfuckers on the planet. You know, there's, there's the odd one who sort of stands out and has been an interesting character, but for the most part, they have as, as much personality as a brick. You know, they yeah. are, you know, so they are not the most, you know, interesting. And football fans are much the same as well. You know, yeah. they, they love their they love their club and they're very passionate about that, but they're not usually the sort of they don't have much to say beyond that. You know, there's, there's not much to them. So you need to kind of if you if you don't like football, you maybe don't recognise yourself in a lot of the stuff. Whereas yeah, I but, have a similar affection for my club. Yeah, uh, you do. And I yeah. have that. You know, I, I get I understand where the people come from a club, but people go, why do you support them? You've got like Liverpool up the road, you know, but that's not my club. This is my club. But you know? it's it's weird as much as I don't like sport. Um, I grew up in Mary Hill and Partick Thistle, we're a local club. Yeah. And even though I, d- I never went to a game and I never watched it on TV, every week if someone said who won, I'd be able to tell you if Partick won or not, tell you the score and stuff. Or I don't I mean, I'd know. I think if, if somebody asked you did Partick win, the answer is usually no. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, this, this is true. <laughs> do you know I mean, I remember all, I mean, I could tell, I, I know things like, um, you know, like, um, Gascoigne and Alberts played against them, and I went to see them playing and stuff like that. Do you know I mean, so right. I know a wee bit about them, but it's just I'm not a sports fan. But yeah, I get you. There is that that local kind of sense of, of pride as well that, that, yes. that drives you along, and that that's exactly what you've got with, with your wee boys. You, exactly. You know, yeah. Um, exactly. Exactly. You. So yeah, just maybe some of that. I maybe would watch you getting it on that kind of base level, but yeah, I think a lot of what they were saying would probably be like way way over my head. I'd be like, oh yeah, I think you think. I think there's bits that you would just find boring. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing I would say it's made for an American audience, so they do spend a lot of time explaining what football is and, and how it works in this country. Because maybe that's what I need, though. Things like promotion, relegation, <laughs> and buying players and stuff like that's not anything that's done in any American sports. You know, they don't really yeah, understand. Yeah, it's all drafting and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. There's no relegation, there's no promotion. It's just like mm-hmm. you're in the league, that's it. So they've got to try and get to the, you know, try and explain that, and they've got to try and go. Well, so there is a sense of like they are making it for an audience. It's not maybe making it for you essentially, you know, an audience that's not as big a football fan. Which might make it accessible, so yeah, you know, I might, yeah, I mean, it's definitely on my to watch at some point. It's yeah. just when I get around to it. But you, you've sold me on it. Um, I think 
when you first started something about it, you could hear the passion you had about watching it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? As much as, almost as much as they've got about buying this club. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, yeah. And like, as like, like other people saying the same. So, yeah, definitely. There's something there that sparks people's passion. They seem to do it for the right reasons from what I've heard so far. And that's nice. And I'm happy for that. Yeah. Uh, right, talk, the about last, your, talk about your show. The last thing. No, I'm not. Ah, no, no, no. I've watched Andor as well. Um, okay. How is Andor? show. Um, you are really going to dig Andor in a big way. I think I'm. Everybody I am. You're not a massive Star Wars show. person. No. Um, I know you like Star Wars, but you're, you're not like you know super fan the way I am. No. Um, this, this, as I say, it kind of throws in bits of Star Wars to please the idiots that will moan if they don't. Uh-huh. But it, it, it's really is the most un-Star Wars show, but it's so much better for it because it is just taking that whole Star Wars universe and doing something that wee bit different for it. It's, it's almost like Gilroy's had an idea for a show, can't get it funded, so went like, I'll just throw some Star Wars shit into it and yeah. then it's funded it essentially, it feels it like that. It really works. I mean, it's, it's a slow burner. Do you know what I mean? There's yeah. a lot of time, you know, it's just long shots and not a lot happening, but it develops characters in a way that, you, you know, you really kind of live and breathe the characters that, that it's given you. Um, the performances are, are stunning. Um, hmm. Sterling Skarsgård, he's the dad, isn't he? He's yep. the older one. He is stunning in it. Brilliant, yeah, he's brilliant in it. Um, the main boy, Nathan Luna, brilliant as well. Um, just, just the whole cast is great, and the story itself is brilliant. Um, to say, if you are a fanboy, they'll throw in the wee box robot that's in every Star Wars. Do you know what I mean? Some of that's there for you. But yeah, it, it, it's it. not it's not pandering to, to these fucking idiots that, that you know demand lightsabers and fucking robots and stuff That's like that. Cool. And it's a great show for it. I'm I'm really, really excited for you to see this because I think this is going to be the show that you've been waiting for Aye. instead of fucking us idiot fanboys. You know That's what Star Wars has got to do. Star Wars wants to be relevant in the sense of like keeping an audience going and an audience not getting bored of it. Yeah. You have to do things that are beyond just like Skywalker, Chewbacca and, you know, yeah. Boba Fett. You've got to bring other stories into it. And this is, I mean, this seems, because like we've all talked about, it's a big universe out there in the Star Wars universe. Ah, so why is yeah. it always revolving around the same four characters? You've got to bring other people into it. Yeah, and this, this is doing it in a really positive way. I'm excited to see it. I think it's only a Two, two or three more, so if you're going to jump in, think about this. For... Like I said, I'm off for a week, so I might start watching it this week. Definitely, brilliant, brilliant show. Um, cool. Pacing is, uh, people have been saying it's slow. I think the pacing is perfect. The characters get time to breathe and develop, and you know, there's a, a full blown, realised story unfolding week after week after week. That I'm just I don't so mind excited to see. Slow is slow as compelling. Slow can be yeah. compelling. Yeah, definitely, and th- this is what this is. Do you know what I mean, it just it just takes its time. It's not rushing along, and knows where it's going to go. And I'm excited to to see where it's concluding. Um, yeah, on it, on my boys, my I watched this tonight just before, not long before the podcast. Um, today, my kings of pain. Um, they were doing um, shark stings, not shark, shark bites, shark stings. So, um, they, they they were doing um the Australian Port Jackson shark. Mm-hmm. Um, an American horn shark. Um, so these are just like wee sharks that you can keep in a fish tank and shit. They're, they're, they're not big, but um, okay. they've, they've got big spikes behind the dorsal Aye. fins, like in decent fucking size. So these crazy bastards have put their hands into the, the tank and basically stabbed themselves in the hand with these spines. Um, people don't know if the Australian shark's venomous or not. Um, so Did it find out? Yeah, it's not venomous. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the American one is known to be venomous. Um, 
so they, they've done that. Um, but but overall, they, they concluded that the Australian shark was much much more painful because they had a bigger spine. So it's like basically it sticking a bigger spine is more painful. That's it's basically it's sticking a nail in your fucking hand and saying, "Does that hurt? How much does that hurt?" That that's basically what the, the, these idiots have done this week. It's fucking wonderful. So it's probably. I like your passion for this show, Colin, but I, I, I'm not going to watch it. But I, I do like your passion. Is there oh, for... it's, it's great. They've also got... Um, the, the best thing about it that I actually enjoy most of all is they've got this medical expert on hand. I'm not a doctor. Or he's like a kind of expert in like toxicology and all that mm. kind of shit. Venomous insects and bites and all that. Um, but he looks like T.J. Miller. Really? <laughs> <laughs> it just makes me laugh. He's just like this kind of long, like kind of weird hair with the glasses, and you know the kind of funny tail. He just looks like T.J. Miller. It sounds more like the, the one doctor or one guy who actually agreed to do this. He's like the Doctor Nick of the venomous oh, snake. Quite, yeah, <laughs> quite possibly, he's brilliant because he just stands in the back, like kind of smirking away. Do you know what I mean? And now and again, he'll be like, "I better check your pulse." And every other doctor's went, "I cannot sanction this. I will not involve this." It's like, "Yeah, fine, I'll do it." That's why he's there. Yeah, it's 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 great, dude. I know you. I know you say it's not your thing, but it's 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 just that basic human instinct. It's like when you watch Jackass. You know what I mean? It's like you secretly you want to be hurt as much as you don't. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. you don't wish somebody to fucking die. Do you know what I mean? But you do kind of when they, when they're throwing themselves off of things in Jackass. It's like you're waiting to, at the end to see how badly they were hurt. Do you know what I mean? Yes, that's, sure. that's, and yeah. this is the same. Do you know what I mean? You just want to see how badly these fucking idiots hurt themselves. Do you know what I mean? Um, it's, it's brilliant. It, it just warms me up every week. I'm like, so well. I'm almost at the end of it. I think there's only one more show in this season. Yes, then you need another show of pain for you to watch. I don't. It. The problem is, is I don't know where where they can go. I think they've pretty much done everything that that actually won't kill them. Um, what can get mauled by a shot by, by like a tiger well, or something? Exactly. Yeah. Like how I'm I'm intrigued as to how far can you actually put? I mean, they, they let a fucking sixteen foot anaconda bite them. Do you know what I mean? Um, that's as extreme as it's got. And it's like you you can't top that without actually, you know, like, really hurting yourself. Do you know what I mean? Like putting yourself in extreme fucking danger. And it's like, how where are you going to go next? What are you going to do? I'm just intrigued now to see. How mad these bastards are going to get! Crazy. I'd like to see them with Jackass. That'd be a good crossover, actually. Jackass with, with these guys. With, although that's Well Boys. I've told you to watch Well Boys. Boys. I mean, don't like Well Boys now. I like Well Boys. Well Boys is funny. You should watch at least one just to see what we're talking about. Just, just, yeah, just to kind of see. Do you know what I mean? And, and then you can be like, right, fuck off. I've watched one million. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> before we get on to the new movies this week, I want to mention two movies that I watched that are old movies. Um, for the first time, I watched uh, working uh, nine to five. You ever watched it before? Me and Lorraine watched it last year. It's fucking amazing. It's great. Like, I don't know. I, I kind of get why it became an absolute phenomenon. But it's a fantastically well, very it's, very funny, really smart, clever film. It's funny. It's empowering for fucking females. Yeah. It's, it's just and it's Dolly Parton. It's got a bang of an opening <laughs> tune as well. It's like it's, <laughs> it's a genuine. I was just I put it on randomly. It's like. Like feel like I should watch type of films that I've maybe yeah. class not seen before. I watched that for the first time, genuinely chuckled, laughed all the way through. I thought it was absolutely genuinely fantastic. The classic for a reason, dude. It's yeah, it's like vulgar as well, but do you know what I mean? It's oh yeah, just, it's very vulgar. Yeah, <laughs> it's got everything in it. It's just fucking and Dolly Parton's great. She she is awesome in it. She's she genuinely yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so people, it's on Sky Cinema this so now. You can like download it for free if you've got Sky Cinema. So if you get a chance, do it because it's very. It, 
It sounds dumb to say, but 905 is a very good film. <laughs> <laughs> I think is there not a TV show as well? Do they not do there might be, yeah, I think there is. And a stage show, I think, as well, based on it. Possibly, yeah. But um, it's one of Lorraine's favourite films, and every like kind of year or two, she'll dust it down and make me watch it with her. Oh, yeah, like, it's one of my list of things I'm going to watch again, because I've found it <laughs> yes, brilliant. very, 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 very good. Is it uh, Lily Tomlinson as well? Lily Tomlinson in it, you've got um, Jane Fonda and Dolly Parton. Yeah. What a Absolutely, and every one of them were just acting their wee hearts out. I mean, get oh, hold of you know what? You, that's, that song, that that theme tune, just wow. It, was, it lost the best song at the Oscars. You know what it lost to? What? It lost to Fame. Oh. And you, know, you know what else nominated that year? You had Fame won it. You had Nine uh-huh. to Five by Dolly Parton. You also had Willie Nelson on the road again. I, I kind of get fame, though. Fame's a fucking... That's an anthem. Do you know what I mean? That, 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 I get it, man. That's... I don't know. Just opening bars in 905 is, is, a, is a crack in opening bars. And do you not, do you not write that at the same time she wrote Jolene as well? Probably, yeah. In like, the, the same morning she wrote both those songs. Like, what a morning. Yeah, <laughs> but think of fame. That the fame, though, I, I, I do get that. Because when you listen... Fame's like watching Rocky. When you watch Rocky, you, you, you start doing push-ups afterwards. Do you know what I mean? For oh, yeah, a couple I of days, it. you'll... Not, not questioning yeah, fame, yeah. Is that a tune, but what the chance of that kind of film being nom- the two of them being nominated the same year? You know, that's it's, just, yeah, that's, that's, would, whoever didn't win that, you would feel robbed, but you couldn't resent it. Aye, do you know what I mean? You like yeah. fuck, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's just like, like the unholy trying to add the best fucking songs to, to, be, be, to be up for an award in any given year. Aye, yeah. so I think it's like some years when you see like you know why did Scorsese not win a best Oscar film and he's like you see what he's up against. You go, you just beat by a better film every year for a long time. Yeah. You know that's the thing. Yeah. Totally. Um, uh, well no. done, well done, you sir. Um, you fucking expanded your your universe with that one. Wow. I didn't stop expanding it, Colin. Um, <laughs> the other night there I watched um Geronimo. I don't know if I've seen Geronimo. Yeah, Rob Duvall, Gene Hackman, Jason Patrick, no. young Matt Damon. No, I've not. Wes It's good. It's directed by Walter Hill through from a John Millius script. It's I really enjoyed it, but it's it's got a little bit of the nineties, you know, fascination with like you know. The noble savage type thing, yeah. you know. But it, for the most part, I found it very interesting and very entertaining. Um, and uh, the general legend is quite an interesting one when you start reading into this, you know, what he became and, you know, the kind of sadness of that man, you know, sort of. Who plays Geronimo? Is it Jason Patrick? No, Wes Studi. Wes Studi's Geronimo, right, okay. Yeah, Jason Patrick plays like a like Calvary guy who's like sort of sent to kill him and stuff like that, but it sort of doesn't want to. Same with Matt Denny, plays like a young officer. And it, um, very good, very well done film. Oh, I, do, I do like westerns as well, so it's maybe one yeah. I should I should watch that now. Now, where did you get that? Was that on Sky? That was on. No, I think it was on. Was it on Sky Cinema? Maybe on Net? No, Netflix. It's on Netflix. I might I might give that a watch. Um, just quickly before we move on, Jason Patrick's a strange one. I feel like Jason Patrick should have been like a big big star, and for whatever reason, it just eluded the poor fella. He just kind of fell away, didn't he? Like you had a couple of big kind of moments, and then it all kind of went to hell a wee bit. I think really... Lost Boys should have been his springboard, because in that, you know, he, he's dashingly handsome in Lost Boys. Um, you know, great characters playing it, and after that, you kind of think that you should have really, you know, Matt Damon it and went to the top, and never yeah, did. No, what was the one he done where, where he was um, the junkie? Don't speak with... to as well, remember. I know he didn't speed two. That was that's we don't talk about speed two. Um, what was the one he done with Jennifer Jason Lee where they were junkies as well? Oh, I can't remember that one. Um, but I mean, he, he got like crazy praise for that. I mean, like proper like wow, what a performance! Yeah, and the, the, the poor guy just never ever, just never seemed to kind of find that that 
that break that kind of took him to the next level. Was it, yeah, that everyone else was from that generation. And I always kind of felt he should have. Well, always kind of. He's not really got. He's not like Kiefer Sutherland, who sort of has always been around. Patrick yeah. just kind of now, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I've, I've always kind of had a soft spot for him because I love him, Lost Boys and stuff like that. I mean, I've seen him in a lot of stuff, and I, I think he's great. But yeah, he just he, he never he never got it. Um, can we before we move on, just just a quick um rest in peace. You know who I'm talking about this week. Who's for? Robbie Coltrane. I was never that big a Coltrane fan, but yes, you may if you wish. But you know what? Do you know like I've he's, heard he's, stories of he's a bit an arsehole and that put me off him a little bit. Okay, he probably is. He's an actor. Most yeah. of them are arseholes. I mean, but I, I know it's a cliche, but you know, one one of our own, um, for a start. You know, that's what I can say. It's really weird. The BBC News kept reporting him as Scottish born. And I started looking into him going, he was born in fucking Glasgow, his mum and dad were Glaswegian, he was family all Scottish. Why is he Scottish born? Surely he's just he's Scottish. Scottish. Ah, ah, he's like he is, he's like this is Robbie, he's born in Scotland. Yeah. He's he's like, Scottish. Um, like Martin Offler is Scottish born, but he's not Scottish. But he's Scottish born. I think I think the the reason I've got a wee soft spot for him is um when I stayed in Mary Hill when I was a kid, I used to play true a lot. Um dog in school for Scottish people, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, and I'd kick about Byers Road in the West End. That was my, my grounds when I wasn't at school. And quite often I'd see him driving about in these fancy cars. He's, he's like, he was a collector, like kind of vintage cars, and you'd see him mm-hmm. like this fancy Jaguar driving up Byers Road, and I'd be like, there's Robbie, mm-hmm. cool train. Yeah. Um, so, kind of, for then I always had that investment in him anyway, do you know what I mean? Like, like seeing him, do you know what I mean? Like, I, mm-hmm. I know I've seen the person. Um, but I always remember um, that episode of Cracker. What one? Uh, it was a really, 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 really famous episode where he's trying to track down a serial killer who is, um, what's his face, who, Begbie, Trainspotting. Carlyle, uh, Robert Carlyle. Yeah, he's the serial killer and, and he's trying to kind of catch him and, you know, it was like kind of, this episode is phenomenal and everyone loved it and it was, you know, it was in newspapers and all sorts of how good it was yeah. and stuff like that. Um, if you, if never watched Cracker. It, never watched an episode of Cracker in my life. No, um, I, no, I've, I've watched this one episode and that it, it's it lives up to the hype. Do you know what I mean it's just like pure wow? Do you know what I mean? He's a good actor. I'm not denying he's a good actor, but he's never one of the people who I felt particularly warmly towards. I like Nuns in the Run. Uh, Pope Must Die. I did like the Pope Must Die. It's very funny. Yeah. Uh, um, he was also Hagrid as well. He was also. Ha- I know for a lot of people, Hagrid. Yeah. I think that's um, what it is for a lot of people. It's not the fact that they love Robbie Coltrane. It's the fact that he's one of the people who sort of wrapped up in their childhood. Yeah. Like way, you know, a bit like. Well, Rickman's different. Rickman's a great actor, but Rickman's the same yeah. idea. Someone who's yeah, rap- he's, he's Snape. Tells he's, he's he's Hans Gruber and you know a million other characters, but mm. yeah, ultimately he is he is Snape. Oh. Um, so, as well. That was that was amazing. As well. I'm saying there's a whole generation of people who don't know that he was a comedian. Essentially, he started yeah. out sort of basically sketch shows. You know, yeah, yeah, stuff he like wasn't haggard yeah. for all his life. He was uh, he was sort of much more subversive for a lot of times. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, oh. but I just wanted to, to just kind of, as I say, one, one of our own. Um, but I've kind of, let's say, I've kind of seen the fella driving about in his car in the West End and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean, so it's kind of one that I, I kind of moved me. I was like, oh, poor Robbie. Coltrane. I'm up, like I said, I, I'm being nasty. I wasn't against Robbie Coltrane. I never any. I just didn't have any real love for him. But it's very sad that he has. He has. So yeah, let's move on to happier news. Let's move on to movies. We've not oh, really no, movies oh, much oh, on this oh, movie podcast. <laughs> we will start with one that you've not seen before we get to the one that you have seen, and the one that I've seen that you've not, or one of the two I've seen that you've not, is a film called Rosaline, which is on Netflix, directed mm-hmm. by Karen Main, who directed the film Yes God Yes. Have you ever seen that film? It's a very funny sort of coming of age teen movie. No. 
as we've discussed last week, I'm very much a teen girl at heart. You are a teenage girl. You're a 13 year old girl at heart, Richard. Yeah. Um, so that's sorry, not Netflix. This is on Disney Plus. Disney, Disney Plus. Plus. I'm sorry. Um, essentially, it's a story of the other woman in the Romeo and Juliet story who's mentioned in the play. I didn't even know there was another woman. There's a line in the play, Sups the fair Rosaline, whom thou so loveliest, we finally find out that the woman with whom Romeo is in love and who does not return his love is Rosaline, Lord Capulet's niece. So, mm-hmm. essentially, Romeo and Rosaline very much involved until Romeo claps eyes on Juliet. And this is basically a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern story of like her trying to basically break up their relationship and be the reason behind why it all goes to shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the Romeo and Juliet story as, as we know it. Okay. Um, really good cast you've got in the film. You've got Caitlin Deaver, who we really like from Booksmart. She's in, one of the girls in Booksmart. You've got Isabella Merid, Merced, um, Dora, essentially, for me and you. Oh, she's great. She's good. Um, Kyle Allen, Sean Teal, Minnie Driver pops up as a, as a, as a sort of nanny. Um, Bradley Whitford and Christopher Guest as well. Um, so Christopher Guest is the Capulet head and Bradley Whitford's the Montague. Or I might get that back. Was it? I'm not, not very saying words at me now that I don't understand, so... Heads of the two families that go to war. Um, <laughs> so this, this is a very enjoyable comedy. I really liked it. It's very sweet, very charming. Like I said, very Rosencrantz and Guildenstern with a wee bit of Rashomon mixed in there. You know, seeing a well-known story from a completely different angle. You know, if you've is, seen... Is, is it done in Shakespearean speak? No. Like the no. old day? No. 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 And they take the piss out of that a little bit because Romeo was talking like that at one point. She's like, why are you talking like that? Like, right, you know, cool. They do that. Um, MVP, Caitlin Deaver, who's turned into a bit like me, one of the most watchable young actresses going about us now. I think she's, everything I've seen her in, she's been very, very good in, because I watched her in that dope sick recently. Mm-hmm. She's very good in that as well. She's got a real charm to her on, on camera. And this is definitely a, a sort of departure from Booksmart was a comedy, but she was sort of essentially not the comedy element in it. She was more the straight woman in, in Booksmart, I would say, a little bit. Yeah. But And also in dope sick, basically not played for laughs at all. So in this, she's very much embracing the comedy and the, the silliness and sort of being a bit of a brat in it, which she really does really well. All really nice chemistry between all the main cast. Um, they all seem to understand the assignment, the tone and the vibe of what it is. Um, there's a bit of a stodgy finale that kind of drags a little and it does sort of try and twist the narrative of Romeo and Juliet a little bit too much um, to try and make it fit, you know, mm. the story. Um and they're trying a bit hard to cram in one too many sort of like Shakespearean nods to sort of maybe try and appease the Shakespearean nuts yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah. But for the most part, I giggle throughout it. It's very well done, full of charm, full of kind of just kind of wit. And yeah, yeah it's just, it's a nice... Is, a, is like, it a period piece? Is it set? It's set, it's set, in, it's set in like sort of Venice yeah. of the time, but... It's done in a very modern styling. I think a lot mm. most of the songs in it are also modern as well, but they're sort of maybe slowed down versions of them and things like that. Mm. Um, but no, if you're looking for something, I think your daughter would enjoy it. I think if you sat and watched it with her, she would really get something out of it. You don't know my daughter. She's not going to watch it? No. She's just, if it doesn't involve Timothy Chalamet or <laughs> Tom Holland, then there's no point. All right, fair enough. I think she would like it, but I, I dug it. I thought it was very enjoyable. Um, and I found myself giggling along with it, and you really, you really are just like a fucking little girl that's just blossoming. So yeah, it's like... I do, I do like sort of like <laughs> coming of the age films like that. I don't know why, but I do have a real kind of affinity for them. 
It's sweet, I like it. Always. It's, it's a very odd. A man the size of me who looks like me, I really shouldn't have that kind of affinity, no, no, but I do. It's nice, thank you. It's very endearing, so. Yeah, very thank you. Um, <laughs> so I would give Rosaline six and a half out of ten. Yeah, big weirdo. Okay. <laughs> if you're looking for something Disney Plus one night, I think you could do worse. Okay, cool. Okay. Cool. Um, on from that, the film that's in the cinema this week, you've just come back and seen, um, it's called Halloween Ends. Yes. Are we happy it's ending? Who knows? Um, directed by David Gordon Green, who directed the other two Halloween movies in this reboot franchise continuing Whatever saga. It, yeah. Yeah. Um, also directed things like Prince Avalanche, Stranger, Joe, sorry, Stronger, um, and also Joe, um, and also Pineapple Express as well, which is kind of a bit of an outlier there. Yeah. Um, so this is set two years after the events of Halloween Kills, where Basically, Jamie Lee Curtis playing um, Laurie Stroud, Stroud again. Um, she's sort of basically piecing her life back together, writing a memoir about her sort of fear and sort of her, her sort of the, the, the you know her life with being Michael Myers' number one target. Yeah. Um, there's also a young boy in it who sort of became the new town prior because of a, an incident that happened while he was babysitting. Yeah. Um, and basically, Laurie Stroud's daughter falls for this boy. The town gets mad at the boy. He ends up bumping into Michael Myers and becoming sort of like the heir of the throne of Myersness because apparently Myers is still alive after surviving the last film, which doesn't make any sense, but he did. Um, and he saw, and it's basically him taking over the mantle of um, Michael Myers, um, and then Michael getting very pissed off at this aspect that someone else is taking all the credit for his work. Mm, yeah, I think you probably made it sound better than it was. Well done yeah. for that. <laughs> Like you said, anything you've got Jamie Lee Curtis is, is always playing Laurie Stroud. You've got Will Patton popping up again as a very charming love interest. I do like Will Patton. He's, he's got a lot he's, of he's, Yeah, yeah. He, he kind of pops up and he you know, disappears again. And you're like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. You've got Andy Mitterchek playing the daughter. Yeah. Um, Rohan Campbell and Kyle Richards. You know how annoys me he's not in it? J- Judy Greer's not. I know she died in the last one, but Judy Greer was a real... I like her a lot, and it's a shame that she wasn't in the last she, one. She's definitely got stuck well about her. She's a good yeah. cousin. She, 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 yeah. yeah, she's very watchable. Yeah. Well, you can start calling what you think of this one. Oh, right. Yeah. So I went to see this today. So I'm I'm a massive, massive horror fan. Horror's my, my genre. Do you know what I mean? Which mm. your, your special genre? It's, it's horror. That, that's me. Do you know what I mean? Um, I'll take horror for 10, please. That, that's where I lie in, in kind of movies and stuff like that. Um, huge fan of the John Carpenter original Halloween movie, Halloween yeah. 2 love, Season of the Witch, didn't mind it as much as everyone else hated it, <laughs> even the Rob Zombie ones, I didn't fucking mind do you know what I mean, because they, they kind of got the character and stuff like that um, and then they done this this fucking reboot that started, what, six years ago now I want to say, roughly? Maybe less than that actually, like, they've yeah. them out very quickly haven't they? Yeah First one was all right, um, you know, it, it kind of was a direct continuation from the original movie and stuff like that, um, and then they made Halloween Kills, which was pretty fucking lame, um, yep. and they've managed to surpass even that by making Halloween Ends, which was just a shit show of a fucking movie. Um, mm. I don't know where to start with this nonsense for this one. Um, Let's start with the good things about it, because the good thing about it is, say, John Carpenter's score. Yeah, even that, they kind of technoed that up a wee bit at some points yeah. and fucked that up. Um, but it's still, it's still enjoyable. It's still the score, it's still the music, you know. Um, yeah. But, you know, they're, they're kind of giving it this, you know, like kind of dynamic fucking bass behind it. And it's like, fuck off. Do you know what I mean? Just mm. 
fucking leave it alone. Do you know what I mean? Don't, don't wank it. It's, um, it's a bit like, why would you mess up like the Star Wars theme or something? Or the yeah, Star, yeah, you know, exactly. Like, it's it like, iconic for the last 100, like 50 years. Yeah, exactly. I doesn't need a fucking guitar solo in the middle. Do you know what I mean? Don't no. fucking put one there. Do you know what I mean? The same with us. Don't mess with it. Um, the fact that Michael Myers fucking didn't show up for 30 minutes. Um, I think he's longer than that. Possibly. And then when I he think did, it's a good 50 odd minutes before Michael Myers even had makes an, even a semi appearance. Yeah, and then when he does make an appearance, it, it's to fucking bring back this supernatural pish as well. I'm uh, going to spoil this because it's bad. I don't want people to watch it. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go fucking full on rant with this one, I think. <laughs> Sorry, but I'm. But the, 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 the premise to this is like this fucking boy who accidentally killed a kid babysitting stumbles across Michael Myers looks in his eyes and somehow you know becomes it's Michael of Myers fucking Myers yeah which is bullshit um, That's, is that not a problem with a lot of these films like sort of they, they, they can only take the character so far as an actual like, sort of real thing you know happened with Jason it happened with Michael Myers it happened Freddy, with yeah, oh, yeah, Freddy was yeah. always Freddy yeah, was always kind of supernatural movie. yeah but, it's, but the, it's scream, just... the scream ghost face and things like that it's sort of like it becomes a certain point where the supernatural element overtakes the, any any sense of like this as a real world scare. So I always I think Michael Myers is a lot less scary in any of these films, even though he's brutal, even though he's huge and brutal, he's a lot less scary in these films because he doesn't feel real. Whereas yeah. in the first Halloween, he seems insanely real. Yeah, you know? he's he's a mental patient that escapes and he's killing fuckers. Whereas yeah. now he's he's miss, he's like a fucking Jedi. Do you know what I mean? He's like a fucking Sith Lord. Like, do you know what I mean? A fucking disappears at a, a moment's notice and can yeah. You no know, lumbers forward for most of the film, and all of a sudden you can then move at high speed and things like that. You know, yeah, it? yeah, and now we can transfer his fucking demonic soul into other people. Um, so yeah, that that pissed me off um, <laughs> a, a lot. Um, the the fucking how they took Laurie Stroud's character mm. and just decided no, she's this character now, and you're like, no, she's not. You know, she yeah. that's not her. She's a fucking. I thought that was odd that Jamie Lee Curtis must, she seems to have a lot of affinity for this character. It's the only character yeah. that came back and played again, from what, I, mm-hmm. from what I can remember. I can't think of any sequels that she's in. So she obviously has an affinity for this character. And it can't be the money, because I don't think they're paying her that much money to play Laurie Trout again. She's an executive producer as well, isn't she? Well, so you think she would have some say over how the character is portrayed and what the character's direction and what the character's story yeah. is. It's but like him take... The, the, the only comparison I can probably think at the moment um, is Linda Hamilton's character in Terminator. They, they kind of keep her character true, do you know what I mean? She she just loses it, and in Terminator 2, she becomes this, you know, fucking buff kind of maniac that's just a, a killer but machine. But like, did they explain that? In Terminator but, 2? Yeah, but, but, but what I mean is with Laurie Shroud, they've taken this character, made her into that, and then thought, oh, no, no, wait a minute, we can't, and then just flipped her character, and you're like, no, yeah. no don't, don't. Why, why are you fucking making all this, you know, fucking softly, softly character? And yeah. Um, the, 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 the granddaughter character, she, every fucking decision she made, I mean, yeah, no, she's been through it in the first two movies. Yeah. yeah, and you're like, why, why, it's just fucking lazy writing, dude. That's um, what I thought as well, not, not one character in this film makes a good decision at any point. It's just, yeah. it's a series of people making the wrong decision at every turn. Absolutely, absolutely. The only good things, and I will kind of try and, because I've been a total bastard about this and I can go on and on and on, but I, don't, I can feel myself getting angry already because I was angry in the cinema and yeah. I had booked to go and see two movies today. I watched this and didn't go and see the second movie because I was so angry at watching this. I thought, no, I'm going home and fucking having a cup of tea and simmering down. That makes me um, laugh a little bit. Oh, I was raging. I was actually 
Do you know a way like when you go down the escalators that ever for anyone listening, the Sin Old Rego has got seven floors and you go down the yeah. escalators on each floor and I was stomping down them. Do you know what I mean? You usually, watch up, actually watch up so you could yell at them about Yeah, having, usually you just stand there and you go down and you're pondering the film. I was stomping down the elevators like fucking light me out of this building. <laughs> I was raging, I was proper angry. Um the the opening um scene, the the, the babysitting scene. It was well done. That was well done. Um and a couple of the scenes at the end with kind of Michael Fight and Laurie. Or some of the gore was all right. It was, it, some of the gore was there for the gore fans, you know, if, if you're looking for that. Yeah, um, I, I don't like that they've made, even for the first one, the first one, the reboot, it basically, because Michael's basically an old man, do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And I, I don't kind of like that, do you know what I mean? The, the, he's an old man, he's like, the, you know, he's the same age as Laurie, he's like, you know, 65, 70, oh. um, but he doesn't have the same constraints as an old man, which is nonsense as, as well, I don't like that. Um, but you think about it, how old's Arnie? Yeah. Or how old's Stallone? They can still move. But there, you can see that they can move on. I mean, they're fucking. Michael's been in a fucking mental situation for like. That's also a fair years. point. Do you know what I mean? Um, but, but it's just a, a terrible. What a shitty, shitty way to fucking, you know, shuffle off. Um, it does, from my my, my my opinion, this was a very. Sorry, odd, go. No, no, go. I, I really, I, I agree with everything you've said in regards to it. Um, me, generally, this is a very odd trilogy. It just never really made sense at any point. It felt at times almost like it went out of its way to try and completely flip the ethos of the characters yeah. at times, mm-hmm. which didn't really make much sense to me. Um, I get you want to try and do something different, and I'm actually all for that, but, or even if you do something, if you're going to reboot it or, re, or redo it, do a remake, then at that point you've got an opportunity to to change the character at that point because you're doing a complete reboot. These weren't yeah. reboots, these were, these were continuations of the previous story. Yeah. So it felt like the characters in this one don't have any sort of linkage to the previous incarnation. So I'm trying to think Absolutely. of other like, of legacy sequels we've seen recently. So think, Scream, think... for example, the new Scream film, the characters in that, the legacy characters in that, they all feel from the same films. Mm-hmm. No, they mm-hmm. don't feel they've changed. They feel like you, you can see that you can see the direction their life has taken after all the events of Scream yeah. three, yeah. four that sends them this path. Same with even Jurassic Park and um even the Star Wars one for all it was yeah. the fourth Awakens, you can see where those legacy characters get to where they are. There's a, there's a sense you can understand it. I don't understand where the, the legacy characters in this, like, but basically the legacy character is essentially Jamie Lee Curtis and Will yeah. Patton's character, who's who's a boy on the day it happened or something. But yeah. essentially Jamie Lee Curtis, I don't get where her, her character becomes what she is in this film. Yeah, yeah. And then just to flip it over on the last one and to say that's not who she was anyway, yeah. it's just fucking absolutely bonkers. Um, but yeah, it's just... Just a mad, mad movie. I'm just made, and again, Rob Zombie's Halloween's get a lot of shit, but at least you could see what Zombie was trying to do. Do you know what mm. I mean? And he kind of understood the source material enough to, you know, almost remake them. But but yeah. he's just, as you said, to take the source material, just shit on it. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. You, you don't. If you're going to, you know, if you're going to take the original movie and think we're going to follow on straight from that. Understand the original movie Maybe. and the characters in it. Do you know what I mean? Aye. Don't just you know fucking start making up a load of shit. That's Aye, or if you're, if you're going to change the character, justify it somewhere. Yeah, yeah. You have to way to justify it. Um, and as, as I said at the start, like Halloween three season, which is is the one famously known as the one that never had anything to do with Halloween. It, it's, uh-huh. You know, and everyone fucking hates that. And I would watch that any day of the week over watching this again. It, it's yeah. just 
fucking it was oh it made me so angry that it's so so angry um like proper proper rage and cinema so i mean like out of 10 out of 10 i gave it a two out of 10 um simply for because jamie lee curtis was jamie lee curtis she was in it um and that opening five minutes um that's what gave it a two if it wasn't for that i was getting a fucking zero um, for similar reasons i'm giving it a four oh you generous man so it's three out of ten overall it did doesn't deserve it honestly it was yeah. just horrible horrible do you think they're done with it well would have said i think blumhouse i think jason blum said they don't own it anymore it's, I, think, it's, I think and i think jamie lee curtis has said she's done with it now yeah so i think any other reboot will will come minus them they need to leave it they don't that's the thing is there's this or how we try this rather than giving john carpenter money for his ideas and let and then doing them yourself why don't you let john carpenter do something maybe he doesn't want it maybe but John doesn't have a vibe now of a guy who wants to sit at home, yeah. listen to music, play video games, and just take the cat but loads of cash. But I think there's, there's a, a kind of smartness in directors that know, you know, I've done this, that's it. Do you know what I mean? It's finished, there's no more. Um, and I think that's the problem with Halloween is it's... I think Carpenter... The story's been told. The story's done. It, yeah, Carpenter done it perfectly. It didn't need to be retold again. And yeah. people just can't fucking... So we've seen it a lot. I mean, that, that's the thing just now. Is horror remakes is the thing just now, unfortunately. And yeah. there's no original fucking ideas, so they're just going back to source material and fucking it up over and over and over. Again. I'm more for them going back and finding some like some schlockily made bad horror films and then try and remake them. Like for example, I watched Slumber Party Massacre recently. You ever seen that one? Um, possibly. From the drill, um, kind of drill killer. Oh yeah, yes I have. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. They've remade that recently. The remake is atrocious. Um, but at least, from what I remember, the original wasn't very good either. So like, I can understand that we've got a root, we've got a root of an idea here. Let's try and do it. Like Sleepaway Camp would be a great one to try and do. Get a root of an idea, but not just doing like don't do don't do Halloween again. Don't do yeah. Exorcist again. Don't do Omen again. Because they don't they take something it. people love and adore and make it Aye. worse. Take something that people laughed at, thought was shit, and make it better. Aye, oh. There's a whole fucking catalog there of shit you could do that way. Do you know what I mean? Don't. Fucking, but no, that this just gave me real anger issues. This one, I was just proper, just uh, restless and angry, and I just didn't want to be in the cinema watching that. I'm like, oh my god, it's fucking horrible. horrible I'm film. picturing you've been very angry at cinema. Anyway, we'll move on from that one to the final film tonight, which is one I've seen, you've not seen. It's on Netflix. It's called Intergalactic, um, directed by Fletcher Mills, um, who is his debut feature. Um, it's a film. It's, it's an animated film all about basically this young guy in um, like New York. He's he's got his first apartment and basically he's got a, possibly a new girlfriend. She's an artist. He's a graffiti artist, and it's their sort of like meet cute coming of age relationship as they both try and navigate New York as he's trying to be like this underground artist, but at the same time make money out of it. And she's an artist who's like sort of running a gallery, um, and you know, and it's like the sort of the things that go wrong with this ship, you know, ex-girlfriends being involved, friends being involved, you know, it's like, mm. like all, all the pitfalls that a new relationship um, has, um, while also trying to remain true to your art as well. Um, so apparently it was, it was released as a, it was supposed to be a series of like six episodes, but they combined into one movie to go alongside an album release. It was sort of like, um, I, think, I think every element in it is a track on the album, possibly. Yeah. Um, it's, like it, it, yeah. it's based on the album of a man called 
Kid Cudi. Do we know who he is, Colin? Are we too old to know who that is? No, I heard of Kid Cudi. No. Here we go. So, right. He's he, he probably very cool with the kids, but we don't know this shit. You've also got Jessica Williams in it, Laura Harrier, Timothy Chalamet pops up in it as well. Again. Um, yep. Vanessa Hudgens, as well, we, we like her, and also our main man, Keith David, uh, pops oh. up in a voice role as well. So, it's all. Yeah. It's all no, David, Keith. Keith David. Keith David, very this is another example of the thing I've always talked about, where it's animation, it's not a genre, it's a medium to use. You yeah. could have made this film as a standard live-action film, and it would have probably worked well. Mm-hmm. They chose to do it as animation because it's a genre that suits it even more. So I'm, I'm just making, again, that point. Animation, not a genre, it's a medium. It's yeah. something you can use to tell a story. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. It's a very grown-up um, animation, very real, very heightened Um which is quite a welcome change. Visually very stunning. Looks reminiscent of Spider-Verse. Okay. So it's you not know, rotoscaped or anything. It's actually, no, it's, it's not. No. Do you know interesting to see being rotoscaped? You know, did you watch that Richard Linklater film that was out recently? The no, the astronaut one. I've not seen it yet, no. Apparently it's not been allowed to um, be entered into the Oscars for animated feature. Because it's rotoscaped? Yeah. Oh, that... I kind of get it, but I don't agree with it. Because um, it is actors that are then rotoscaped do you know what I mean so I get that part of it but then it is animation because it's rotoscaped oh uh-huh. that's interesting that's yeah. a bit shit it's kind of cheating Mr Lingley out of a category yeah. Yeah, yeah. anyway another story anyway um, <laughs> voice casting this one are all excellent stories really well told um, it goes in sort of like your expected directions you know for, for your it is a standard sort of like rom-com drama essentially it's yeah. not doing anything sort of unique or interesting in that respect it's sort of telling a very traditional story um but it has got a certain slickness and coolness because it's sort of it's a it's it's not our generation telling their rom-com it's a it's sort of your kids generation telling the rom-com story mm. it's their version of that so it has got a slickness to it that maybe is a bit you recognize it but it feels different yeah you know? um and i actually i really embraced that I, I didn't know much about it when i first watched it um and i just found it really compelling really interesting i actually filmed myself like rooting for the characters and, and it's like well they're animated characters so there is no it feels yeah. weird in that way yeah. sometimes but, but it, oh, it, it, they all feel believable they all feel real no one feels I think animation that makes you buy into the characters is it, it always amazes me that they can do that yeah. it's like Grave of the Fireflies when you watch that do you know what I mean it's like you become so invested in these drawn characters yeah. essentially yeah. do you know what I mean and, and to do that is elevated up uh, yeah, I mean it's just like wow. I mean to, yeah. to make you so invested in the fucking drawn on a screen. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and this one's on Netflix. It's only like eighty nine minutes long, but it, it earns the, the entire runtime. And it's just it's a like in a world where animation at times does feel very childish, um, and that's why it's got the idea of it being a genre, not a medium. Yeah. You adult animation and not sexy adult animation. Although this is quite sexy at times. Um, it's it's something to to be sort of devoured and enjoyed because we don't get enough of it a lot of the time it feels like there's it, it, it enough like anime because i think it's still that it is still a, a bias that animation is for kids yeah and it's not no, it's really def- not definitely not it's for it was, kids um, it could be for anyone just, if it's right quickly, i just need to mention quickly um on sexy animation um there's a weird puppet one that we watched that had the sex on it and it was um david fuelis and stuff that was in it and it was like um Oh, um, Anna Melissa, that, that one? Yeah, that was fucking weird, man. That was... Uh, <laughs> that 
that, that was a very strangely, odd. I've never had a boner exclamation before. Yeah. I've got to say, um, you know, I've seen a lot of exclamation in my day, but to get a boner. Yeah, me. Wow. Very odd cinema experience. I'm watching. <laughs> yeah. It did feel a bit awkward watching it with people. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, why, why is this classes you make me hard? I don't understand. What's going on here? Yeah. Um. <laughs> but yeah, so intergalactic, intergalactic, intergalactic is um, on Netflix, and I'll give it seven out of ten. Maybe check that one out. Definitely. Um, just, I think you really dug it. Quickly before we sign off, one more that I watched that you say you've already seen and spoke oh. about in podcasts that I don't remember is a film called No Exit. Um yep. me and Lorraine watched um, It's on Disney Plus, I believe. Yeah, it's shite. It's basically the premise is um there's a big snowstorm, this ex junkie gets trapped in a kind of cabin during the snowstorm, discovers there's a girl kept in a van, um, hostage and there's only about six people in the cabin, so she has to figure out who it is as the kidnappers, um, try and free the girl and we had a process of lots of fucking really stupid decisions. Um, bad guys get defeated, girl gets freed, and that was it. It was shit. Four out of ten. Three yeah, out of ten. Havana Rose Lou is the main actress in it. She, she was uh, awful in it. She was fucking dreadful. Um, the one I, I was talking about earlier on, who I remember been in a lot of stuff recently, was Danny Ramirez. He was in, he's in Top Gun Maverick. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. He's also in Falcon Winter Soldier. He's yeah. in um, a couple of other things as well. Yeah. Um, so he's been in quite a few things of late. Um, Dennis Haysbrook was in it as well, I remember. Yeah, he was good in it. He was the yeah. only good thing in it, but this was a terrible film. Every single cliche in the book was, was thrown at it. The acting all over was absolutely terrible, and the whole thing was just fucking ill-conceived, not thought out, and really, really badly done. It felt like a film, I don't think it was maybe, but it felt like it was made during COVID, so they're trying to keep it as cheap as possible, and there was little people on set at any time. And I think you can actually, I think you can actually sense that during the filming, that it felt like everyone was very detached from each other. Very possibly, yeah, because I've been like, let's say the cast is six people, I mean, um, all throughout the film movie, and yeah, it's just daft. Apparently, the book's really, really good. Um, people well, it's based on the book, I didn't know it's based on the book. Yeah, apparently, the book's amazing. Um, the film is fucking dreadful. Fucking dreadful. I, I think, I think I'm thinking about three or four out of ten. I, yeah, I was not. Three, three out of ten, I think, is what I set up then eventually. Yeah. Um, I've not had a good cinematic week, um, yeah. but for watching things. But you should go watch stuff. Intergalactic and you'll feel better. I trust me, you will. Oh, well, um, what's coming out next week, sir? Next week, Colin, you've just my best stuff out. You've got the one you've been waiting to see. The Ooh. very fabric of the DC universe is about to change, apparently. Uh, as Black Adam comes out. Um, Black Adam, week. yes. So, Starring everyone's favourite rock. The rock. Um, Dane Johnson. <laughs> I know very little bit of Black Adam character, to be honest. I'm, yeah. the, I'm the same. I know, I know he's like a kind of Shazam anti-hero. That, that's pretty much my knowledge of Black Adam. My knowledge right as well. That, that's it. But sometimes it's good going in. It's like the Eternals and Guardians of the Galaxy. Sometimes going in with that zero knowledge. I mean, doesn't taint what you're watching. So. Agreed. Um, I'd be interested to see the balance of tone, because I found Shazam very light and very enjoyable. This seems yeah. like I'm not going to go light and enjoyable. It seems like I'm going to go a lot different from that. So, intrigued to know what we're going to do with that. Also, we have The Banshees of Inisherin, starring Brendan Gleeson, Colin Farrell, and directed by Mark McDonough, which I am all up for because I love um, In Bruges. Yeah, um, you too. So, we're looking forward I'm to looking that. Forward to that. Um, me, me and Lorraine often play this game where we'll ask her who her favourite Colin is. Um, can you guess what the answer is most of is the it, time? Is it Colin Farrell? Not Colin Farrell, no. It's not, it's not me either. Not you. Other famous Col- Colin Dunlop. No, he's not famous. <laughs> Colin Colin Hanks is usually the first answer. Seriously? Who doesn't love Colin Hanks? Really? I mean, fair enough. He's, but... he's, yeah, so he's pure like, 
he pops up in films and he's like, oh, Colin. I, I like you said Colin Mockery. That, that was who I was going to go with next. I think <laughs> I think she said that before, but it's not. It's never ever me. But um, yeah, yeah, Colin Hanks is the usual favorite. Not Colin, Colin. Firth. Not Colin Firth. Either, not Co- Colin. Oh. But think about it. When have you? Every time you see Colin Hanks, when's he not adorable? I'm trying to think if he's played like a serial killer or something at some point he's, in the he's past. Just, he always just thought it was this dead sweet, nice character. Do you know what I mean? Like he's always just like this, like, oh. Even mm. Jumanji and stuff like that, he's like, oh. He's good just, point. It's a good point. I'm trying to think of it. I, bought, just, I don't know enough about the um the life of Colin Far uh, Colin Nanks to know anything that's not he's playing something bad. He's not. He's he's Colin Hanks. He can't play bad. He's he's like, oh. <laughs> That's him. It sums Fair up enough. Fair enough. I'm glad. I'm so, glad. You, I'm glad you got favourite Colin. Well, yeah, and uh, well, I'm not because it's not fucking me. It should no. be me. The, the answer should always be it's you. No, yeah. it's, Colin Farrell's a close second. The good thing is most Richards on film and in acting wise are dicks. So I think I've got. I'm actually quite high up you, on. So if you asked, if you asked Jill that, you'd be the favourite. Who do you think of Richard Harris? Richard Dead. Harris, oh yeah, Richard Rowntree, oh Richard Rowntree, shit. Richard Link, if you if you if you pick Richard Link later, I'd be happy. Would you would you would you be happy to be surprised? I think Richard Link later is a better man than I am. <laughs> I, I don't I don't mind playing something for Colin Hanks yet. Yeah. Colin Farrell one pissing me off, but I'm like, come on, really? Me over Farrell, fuck's it. Farrell's a good looking boy. Dude, look at me. I'm so Fair enough. Tell me what you find is Colin. Number three years the movie on Gmail. Instagram, Twitter, and all the usual places. Have a wee look at his um, talk to his list. Who's your favourite Colin? Um, better be me. Better be. <laughs> you're my favourite Colin. <laughs> I've been Colin. You've been Richard. We've been. Three beers in a movie.